0: You are now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 51, and we're going to cover Numbers chapter 16 through 18. And this is the big chapter that I've been building up to when I always said that it stinks to be second place. And you're going to see something very sinister here, but it's going to be very logical when I put these two things together. But also, this chapter is amazing because it's one of the chapters that you see the repentance of a people and the learning from the previous generation. And it just grows my faith like very few chapters do. So let's read verse one. Now the sons of Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Iliab, the sons of Paleb, sons of Reuben took action and they rose up before Moses. With some of the sons of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, chosen in the assembly, men of renown, they assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone far enough, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? So look at the two parties here. One is Reuben. So why is Reuben involved? Think about it. Who's the leader? Judah. But who is Reuben? He's the firstborn. Remember, he tried to assert his dominance by taking Israel's concubine. That was a way to show that he believed that he had all of the rights of a firstborn and he was the next heir up. But it was not Reuben. It was Judah. Remember the prophecy, Genesis 49 that the scepter will not depart from Judah. Remember how God organizes the camps with Judah on the east, showing that he's leading the pack. But also think about the other group who's here, the sons of Kohath. So remember, Kohath is close as you can get to being a high priest or a priest, but not being a priest. And this is why this statement comes in handy. All priests are Levites, but not all Levites are priests. Let's look at it. So they believe that everybody is holy. God is ordained. Everybody is holy. Remember, God just rebuked Aaron and Miriam for a very similar sin with Moses. Not Aaron is being attacked. Now I joke and talk about Aaron calling him a pushover, but listen, he's God's pushover. God has anointed and chosen his man. And now the people are even testing him. Let's see it further. Verse 8, Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, the sons of Levi, is it not enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to them and that he has brought you near Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you? And are you seeking for the priesthood also? This is Moses' rhetoric to teach Korah and remind them of their privilege. They're looking at it as they're in second place, as opposed to looking at it as this is the giftedness that God has given them, and this is how he wants them to serve him with the talents that they have, and that he could be most glorified if they use what he's given them, not desiring for something greater than they think they have. God is not pleased with you ascending to something other than to try to serve him and obey him. He is more pleased with you serving him with what he's giving you and giving your all and your best and what he's endowed you with. And it says in verse 11, therefore, you and all your company have gathered together against the Lord. But as for Aaron, who is he? that you grumble against him. And so Moses summons Dathan and Abiram. He becomes very angry and says to the Lord, do not regard their offering. And so verse 16, Moses said to Korah, you and all your company be present before the Lord tomorrow, both you and they, along with Aaron, each of you take his firepan and put incense on it. And each of you bring his censer before the Lord, 250 fire pans. Also you and Aaron shall each bring his fire pan. So they each took his own censer and put fire on it and laid incense on it. And they stood at the doorway of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Thus Korah assembled all the congregation against them at the doorway of the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord appeared to all of the congregation. And so Moses has asked God to show up for him. And you're about to have a showdown. Verse 20, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, separate yourself from among this congregation that I may consume them instantly. But they fell on their faces and said, oh God of the spirit of all flesh, when one man sins, will you be angry with the entire congregation? And so this is what God says. He says, look, speak to the congregation and tell them to back up. Get away from Dathan and Abiram. And so Moses follows that instruction in verse 26. He tells them, look, depart from Dathan and Abiram in the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing that belongs to them, or you will be swept away in their sin. And I wonder what they're thinking when Moses is saying this out loud, saying, get back away from them. They've seen all of the miracles that Moses has performed, but they're heart they heart. They don't even see. It's just like the Egyptians went in the water right behind Israel. Wouldn't your mind say, whoever parted the water for them didn't part it for us? I'm not going in there. In verse 27, it says that they stood at the doorway along with their wives and sons and little ones. And so this is part of the course. Your family really didn't turn on you. This is what we call ride or die people. Their family is surely about to ride and they're about to die. So Moses says, By this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all of these deeds, for this is not my doing. If these men die the death of all men, or if they suffer the fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about an entirely new thing and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up, and all of theirs, and they descend alive into Sheol, that you will understand that these men have spurned the Lord." I love when this happens, it says, As he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split open, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, and their household, and all the men who belonged to Korah and their possessions. In verse 33, So they and all that belonged to them went down alive to Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. All Israel who were around them fled at their outcry, for they said, the earth may swallow us up. And fire also came from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense." And so not only does the ground open up and swallow Korah and his household, God also consumes the rest of the leaders with fire. And you know what Moses says? He says, look, go pick up those censers and fire pans because they're holy. And let's hammer this as plating on the altar so men will remember never to do this again. And the response will surprise you. Verse 41, on the next day, all of the congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron saying, you are the ones who have caused the death of the Lord's people. And so it never fails. God does something miraculous, and the people turn on the leaders that God did the miraculous thing for. Imagine this hardness of heart. So this angers God even more, and he breaks loose on the camp. He kills 14,000 people that day, 14,700, it says in verse 49. It says that Moses had to stand between the dead and the living so that the plague was checked. But 14,700 are slayed that day. And we continue to learn that lesson that was taught in Leviticus. It seems some people were sleeping class that day because now that they're in the practice field, many are filling the test. The sons of Korah did and his household, Dathan in the Byron, the sons of Reuben did, and now 14,700 have. And we're seeing over and over that the stress fractures we saw when they were going into the wilderness, even when they were about to cross the Red Sea, is coming full circle. We see that this is an unbelieving, doubting, and wicked generation. And sadly, God is going to have to start over. And so just like God confirmed Moses, he confirms Aaron in chapter 17. In verse 1, the Lord speaks to Moses, saying, Go to the sons of Israel and get 12 rods from the leaders of each household. Verse four, and deposit them in the tent of meeting in front of the testimony where I will meet you. And you will choose the man for the rod that sprouts. And so on the next day they go in and they find Aaron's rod has not only sprouted, it's done even more. It's budded both blossoms and ripe almonds. This is in verse eight. And so God says to Moses in verse 10, Put this rod before the testimony, which are the Ten Commandments, to be kept as a sign against the rebels, so this may put an end to their grumbling. So we got multiple signs now. God says, I've opened up the ground and swallowed the wicked people, but I left the incense because they are holy. Hammer those into the tabernacle. Now take this rod and put it in there, and we end our section today in chapter 18. And just like God confirms the leader of the Levites, he now naturally goes into the rest of the Levites in their duties, reminding everybody, stay in your lane. If you're a Kohathite, be a Kohathite. If you're of Merari, be of Merari. Handle the poles. If you're of Gershon, be a Gershonite. Handle the tents and the curtains. This is why in verse 6, God says, Behold, I myself have taken... Your fellow Levites from among the sons of Israel, they are a gift to you dedicated to the Lord to perform the service of the tent of meeting. But you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood for everything concerning the altar inside the veil, and you are to perform service. I am giving you the priesthood as a bestowed service, but the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. And so now God is putting that burden on his priests. Don't let an outsider do this again. And then from verses 8 to 20, we see the portion of the priests. We see how they are to continue to redeem a firstborn. Remember earlier in Numbers 3 and 4, the first 22,000 of the firstborn were not to be redeemed. And the Levitical priesthood were to be given in place of that, but now we've seen some of that priesthood killed. And now God says that in the future, you are to take anything on top of that 22,000. Remember to continue to redeem it at the redemption price. And now we get the purpose of tithing in verse 21. It says to the sons of Levi, behold, I have given all the tithe in Israel for an inheritance in return for their service, which they perform, the service of the ten of meeting, And so now you get the whole purpose of tithing, and it's for the Levitical priesthood. But not only is all of Israel to tithe, even the Levites are to tithe 10% of what they receive. That's in chapter 25 on throughout the chapter. Now I want to close with something very powerful. You know the Psalms, right? David doesn't write all of the Psalms. You know that, right? Moses writes Psalms. You see Psalms written by others, including guess who? The sons of Korah. Who are the sons of Korah? These are the remaining children of Korah who didn't get consumed with the household. And not only did they not get consumed, the children of Korah learn their lesson and get this. They write Psalms 46, listen to what they say. See, we know the hymn, a mighty fortress is our God, a very prison, help in trouble. Martin Luther wrote that, but it's something even more powerful than that hymn going on here. Let's read a few verses of Psalm 46, as we close. God is our refuge and strength, a very prison, help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake, and its swelling pride say lie. what are the sons of Korah saying? Though the earth shall change. They were there. They saw what happened to their father, how God opened the earth up and swallowed them alive. And they're worshiping God for it now. And they're able to look back on that day and reflect and see how holy God is. And they're able to worship God on the basis of it now. And write a psalm for all of human history for us to look at and see the glory of God. Though the earth shall change, though the mountains shall quake, our God is a mighty fortress. He's a refuge and a strength a very present help in trouble. And so, guys, even though we have a terrifying God who can open up the earth and swallow men whole alive, that same power can be our strength and our refuge. Take refuge in your strong tower. Pursue holiness. Be a people of faith. Stay in your lane. Find out your giftedness and chase it with all your heart. Don't look to your right or to your left and try to conform into your neighbor. And in that, you shall please God. He'll have your back and support you and aid you for a lifetime. Go get after it, saints. I'm praying for you. I love you. Take care.